Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and I'm super excited to have back for a second time, Denise Norris. How are you today? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me back for a second time. Yeah, absolutely. And we were having so much fun. I think we talked for half an hour just getting caught up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I know, but you are uh, also in the healthcare field. And I just want to say thanks for all your work as a nurse during COVID. And I know that was stressful for everyone involved, but I just really want to tell people thanks. So I, I know you had a lot of stress going on and we'll get to that, but thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for <laughs> recognizing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always said, you know, my, some of my main successes in medical school and residency were because of awesome nurses. Um, Cause they were willing to take me under their wing. It's like, Dr. Marbus, would you like to do this? I'm like, yeah, that looks like it's a great idea. Let's do that. <laughs> and I, I get two things come to my mind and people are probably saved because of these things. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, we Before, like residents like you. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I did find there was a is an interesting, well, we kind of got off on this quick note, but it was kind of fun. And in residency, you could see who was actually nice to nurses because my nurses, who I would bring food to. I mean, I learned real quick. Um, they would like put all of my pages in one page, you know, like if there was patient issues, they'll get like five or six and then, then they would page me, but the, the surgical residents, they were just awful. They would get paged like every 15 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, aha. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, I'm going to make these people my friends because they can make my life good or bad. Yes, definitely. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but let's, let's go back to you and your wonderful story. So tell me a little bit, you know, the audience about um, your kind of history and we'll, we'll get into, you know, the weight struggles because, but there's so much more that where people end in, end up in their weight struggles. And I, I feel like I'd like to dive into that a little bit because I feel that kind of goes for your long story, you know, like what your journey's been overall, those, those themes and those are, you know, how do they arch? And mm -hmm. I'd love to just kind of, where did Denise come from and how did that, you know, those problems start building to the point you had to do some things? Yeah. Um, Denise has been on quite a ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. that? that picture there's like a meme that says like what you think your weight journey is going to be like and it's like this you know and then it's like this one and it's up around and it, that's mine <laughs> for sure um and yeah like you said there's a lot of stuff that goes into it it's um I mean everybody's different but for my journey it wasn't just about like the food that I was eating I mean it was obviously I do believe in the plant-based diet for me and I believe that's the healthiest that I can be when I'm eating 100% whole food plant-based um but like I said there's a lot more to the reason why I got to be almost 500 pounds um you know rough upbringing uh, a lot of abuse um I mean I I was I had eating disorders from a very young age you know um and, and that's it's hard to change your, your habits and like what's been ingrained in you when you grow up having such a bad relationship with food. 
Hmm. Wait, um, and if we could just dive into that just a little bit, if you don't mind, like, how did that start? Because I know there's probably parents who may be doing things unintentionally, because I know having now being on the, the adult parent side things, it's funny, this feedback I'm getting, you know, and they're oldest one's almost 30 she's like you remember that time when you did this mom I'm like wow I would have never even thought that was an issue but is there anything there or was there bullying at school just so people are aware of things maybe they're maybe they do know intentionally like what can we learn from that if you don't mind sharing that piece? yeah um I mean I grew up in a house that like my stepmom was German and she, she grew up in a time of Hitler when wow. there was, you know, you, you didn't have much. She went without, she went without shoes. Like we were definitely a clean your plate club or clean your plate family, whether you were hungry or not, whether you liked it or not, you were made to eat it, you know? Um, so that started that, like, you know, not being able to be mindful and be like, no, I'm full. I don't think I want any more um and like even restricted foods in the house there were like very um you know off-limit foods so you know of course if you mm. for me anyway that's how I was like you tell me I can't have it that's what I'm gonna want you know uh food was locked up in my house because I binged um at, at such an early age my brother and I both did like we would eat a whole jar of peanut butter um in a day and I did that as an adult I, honestly that's what got me off track <laughs> Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut butter. Wow. Um, so yeah, like a lot of just like, like I said, bad habits around food. And it was like always kind of like a shameful thing. Like when you did um, overeat on something that wasn't healthy um, and then just being shamed for like, I'm five foot 11 now. I'm, I'm a tall person, like a big yeah. person. I'm not like a petite frame. Well, my stepmom was, and it was always a, you know, you know, oh, you're so pretty, but, you know, and it was always that, but like, if you weren't so fat, you'd be prettier. Mm. <laughs> so a lot of um, emotional abuse around being bigger, um, always like felt out of place because I was bigger. Um, and then what do you do when you yeah. feel bigger? You isolate, you go to what comforts you, which is for me was food because yeah. at, a, at a young age, that's what I had access to you know? Uh, and then, you know, that led to, that was my, they say like weed is the, or alcohol is the gateway drug, but food was mine because then I, like, once I started getting older, I started carrying those behaviors over to, you know, alcohol and other drugs too. Um, and then, you know, you get into like the dating scene and you're trying to like be the popular one. So, um, I couldn't stop binging. So what's the next thing you do? I started making myself throw up. So I had bulimia for like, I don't know, like mid-teens to probably mid-twenties. Um, yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of uh, behaviors that are like hard to change. Um, just because of like all of the abuse that I had during my childhood, I never really dealt with any of that. Um, mm -hmm. So like numbing um, food was how I numbed. Um, you didn't have to think about anything, you know? Yeah. So, um, I like dieted off and on my whole life. And how long did that last? If you don't mind just going that little bit there, because people would say that a lot. I've heard that from patients and I'm just curious from trying to understand what is that, that numbing, like, what is it feeling and how long does it last? Does it make things worse? Like, oh, it definitely makes things worse afterwards. <laughs> okay. 
um, like in the process of it, you know, like, cause gosh, I can remember, you know, um, getting like a pizza, like my thing is chips, chocolate and comfort foods, like pizza was, was mine. Mm. Um, and like, I would eat the entire thing, like watching a movie. So probably like two hours. And then after the two hours, you're feeling like crap and even worse than before you did it, you know, but it, I don't know what it is like a, a cycle or something that you just, that's what your mind goes to. Like I'm having a bad day. I want to sleep more. <laughs> that almost looks like that could be the title of a book. You know, that one by Michael Moss, or I think it was his name. Um, it's like salt, sugar, fat or something is like chips, chocolate, comfort food. It almost really could be a headline because so many people struggle. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just so curious yeah. about what them thinking and what you're feeling as you're going through that cycle, because I, for me, you know, I'm looking on this side of trying to develop ways to help patients. And when I talk to folks, it's just, I'm always trying to understand so I can help figure that. Is there any ways that you found that were helpful to break those cycles that maybe that's for later in the conversation, but that would be one of those things I, I think we talked about a little bit earlier, but so you were binging and having bulimia for 10 years, what was going on then? Like, where did it finally culminate? Oh, well, I mean, I pretty much had to stop throwing up because I developed a hiatal hernia and um, I like had a lot of like physical problems from it and I'm going to the doctor and um, he's, he told me then he goes, if you don't stop, you're going to kill yourself. Um, and that kind of scared me. <clears throat> I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to die, even though I had been suicidal in the past. Like at the time, I didn't want to die. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that that I pretty much just it didn't stop all at once. You know, I had to like work on it, and I did go through some counseling then, and that helped a little bit to you know help me process and talk about it because you know um, I didn't, I never learned how to do that yeah. growing up. I never learned how to sit with feelings and process them. Um, so yeah. You so have what do you mean by process them? What does that look like for you? Like, um, okay, I'm, I'm sad today. You know, like, why am I sad? Like, what, what is, um, what can I do to change it? Or do I have to just accept it? Instead of just like running from it and not wanting to feel the weight of that feeling, it's easier to just avoid it and go to the chips and chocolate. <laughs> And comfort food, the, the yeah. triple C's. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Just the the stress um, of dealing with the emotion was a trigger to eat because it's just easier not to deal with. Yeah, I think that every human has some of those pieces in them for sure. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, wow. Okay, so your um, the the counseling helped, which is awesome. Where did those lead you? Like, how did you decide one day? enough is enough and really start, you know, thinking about how I can start taking actions to improve your health. Like what was that moment for you, that pivotal moment? I mean, I always go back to like, um, and it's not whole food plant-based, but I always go back to 2011 when I, I joined Weight Watchers. Um, and that was like my tipping point then where I felt like I was at like my heaviest and I was like hopeless. And I was like, you know what, I have to do something or I'm going to die. Like I wanted to die. And I still feel that like really heavy now. And, and I felt so bad about it because like I did it to myself, you know, I had like eaten that crappy food and not exercise and not taking care of myself. And there was just a lot of shame and guilt 
that came with that. But I just knew back then that like, if I don't do something, I don't want to live anymore. And so I joined Weight Watchers in 2011. And that gave me like, I went, I had to do the on or the in-person one where I went every Saturday and I had to show up, even though I hated it (laughs) when I first started, because you got to go stand on a scale in front of people, even though they don't tell anybody, but it's still embarrassing when you're that heavy, you know, Yeah. and, um, but I met a lot of great people, people that I'm still friends with today that we encourage each other. And, you know, you could go and sit with for an hour and just feel comfortable being around other people who are still struggling with that. So that was huge for me, like getting the support and, and helping, having somebody help me focus on the small things, like five pounds at a time. And, um, and then I went, then from then I like plateaued up and down a lot. Cause you know, I still didn't change any of my behaviors around it. Like Weight Watchers back then was like, you were still counting every point. You had to weigh everything. I would still eat chips and chocolate all for breakfast and then not have anything to eat for the rest of the day. It would be starving, but I'm going to weigh in on Saturday and if I thought I'm going to lose a pound, you know what I'm saying? Cause I need that sticker to help me get through another week. <laughs> But I lost a hundred pounds with Weight Watchers. It was wow. hard. I'm not going to lie. Like it was a struggle. And that's why I was kept looking for something else. Cause like, I can't keep doing this either. You know? <laughs> Apparently God needs me to figure things out the hard way. Like you know, say that, what's that saying? Like chain, you can only change when the change of staying the same is harder. Than, I don't know what the actual saying is. You know, I think it's probably that it's, it's, harder to stay the same than to actually change. Right? Yeah. When the, pain, when the pain of changing is less than the pain of staying the same, then mm. you're going to figure out how to change. And yeah, I was having a lot of pain with that. So I decided <laughs> um, to try the whole food plant-based and I had a lot of great success with it. You know, I, I lost, I lost a total of 235 pounds altogether between Weight Watchers and whole food plant-based. And wow. I got down to my thinnest I had ever been like that. I can even remember ever being, um, I think I was like 184. I went from a size AX to a size eight wow. and it was, but you know, what's crazy. I still didn't change the stuff in my head because mm. <laughs> and it's going to make you cry again. It's okay. Because when I got to size eight, I still didn't think that I was skinny. I still didn't think I was pretty. I still didn't like myself. You know, I still struggled with um, addiction. And everybody said, oh, you're eating whole food plant-based. You shouldn't have addictions. Yeah, I did. Mm. (laughs) I still, it wasn't as bad. I'm not going to lie. Like when I was 100%, it was easier to say no and say it's not my food. Um, when I started, <laughs> like I said, peanut butter was what got me off track when I started. Cause I, I was like, if this is the lowest I'm ever going to get, then I'm going to eat me some peanut butter. <laughs> and I can eat peanuts, right? It's whole food, even though it's processed whole food technically. But I, the first time I ate peanut butter, I put peanut butter on everything and it just totally triggered my brain to like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing, you know? <laughs> and I ate a whole, peanut, a whole jar of peanut butter in a day. Wow. I put it on everything I put if you need to know how to gain weight on a whole food plant diet diet I'm your girl I'm serious like I'm like this is good but let me tell you how you can make it better because <laughs> I like to eat a lot of food like a, a volume I'm a volume eater like I have to have a lot of volume for me to feel full because I don't mindfully eat <laughs> I'm still working on that one too um so yeah 
um, it's not a good idea to be like that. <laughs> Even well, on I think there's just some people that are just wired differently. They really yeah. are. I really think so. But there's so many interesting things that came to mind as you're talking. And I'm just curious to see as you were understanding, you felt better, but you said, you know, you hadn't changed in here. What is it do you feel that was missing? So you switched to a whole plant based diet. Physically, you're removing those things, right? But this, I always tell people, your success literally lies between your two ears, that three pound organ. What do you think is helpful now? What do you think would have been helpful then to really change this or or is it just an ongoing process? Like tell, please share like what's going on the insights inside the minds. Uh, I mean, for me, it's an ongoing process because I'm, I'm 48 years old now. Um, you know, I've pretty much had abuse my entire life um, from as early as I can remember. And, you know, like I said, I did some counseling here and there, but I really didn't, um, I really didn't get any healing you know, there's one thing to go and talk to somebody and tell them your things that's happened, that kind of stuff. But I didn't really feel like I got any healing from it. Um, so like, honestly, you're right. What's in between your ears is what changes things. And um, I dealt with, a, or still, still deal with a lot of depression, anxiety, um, and all of that kind of stuff. If you let it go, especially through all of life struggles, like divorce, COVID, menopause, um, you know, if you don't deal with any of that, you're going to go back to your old habits, your old comfort stomping grounds, the chips and chocolate. Right. <laughs> um, so in the last probably year or two, I'd say probably like year or two, um, I've really been focusing on my mental health, um, getting help, going back to church, um, getting stronger, like, cause you know, we're a whole person mind body, spirit, soul, and you have to take care of all of that. Not just what you're putting in your mouth. It's what you're putting in your head, what you're surrounding yourself with. Um, so I'm really trying to focus on all of that stuff. Uh, you know, getting enough sleep, uh, drinking enough water. Um, and, and I'm not trying to focus as much on my food because, and I did that in the beginning. And I think I, I needed to do that at that time in my life, you know, sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's all good. You know, I think it just kind of harkens back to, like you said, it's easy to put your stuff in your refrigerator and you can open the door and it's like, this is what I need to eat. But there's so much other stuff to you as a human, right? Like you said, the, the mental, the spiritual, you know, your community, all of that needs to be in place. Yeah. And, and it, it takes energy. And it's, you know, I, I feel like whenever we, uh, as a physician who does this type of stuff, I think the one thing I often hear hundred percent across the board, the struggles is if you don't have your family or community to support you with these type of changes to really help you mm -hmm. integrate it into your life and your way of thinking. Um, it's really hard to stay on board a hundred percent. Yeah. And what, like when I first did it, uh, it was weird because I mean, my friend did it with me. Christy did it with me when I first did whole food plant-based. So like we were each other's physical close. We live like within a half an hour of each other and we'd meet and we'd like, you know, make meals together and like split it and you take home this and I take home this. And that was awesome. Um, and cause I didn't have the support at home. I was still married back then and he wasn't supportive of it. He didn't want me to do it. He actually actively sabotaged me on my efforts. Oh. But honestly, that like gave me 
I don't know what you want to call it, gumption to be like, watch me, you know. <laughs> it's like the rebellious teenager, right? Yes. <laughs> don't tell me I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, like, after the divorce, um, I think it was because of like all, like all that came out like at the same time, around the same time frame of COVID, divorce, and menopause, and. I really isolated myself and yeah, you have, um, sorry, there's my other no, cat. I'd love to you have online support, but super easy to pull back from that when you're not feeling like being connected with people. And especially if you're falling off the wagon and you're gaining weight back and, um, all those voices in your head tell you that you should hide, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to share your struggle even though you need to, because people need to know that it's not, um, you know, yeah, some people can do it. <laughs> some yeah. be, and that's awesome for you. Good for you. I'm happy for you. I really am. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, <laughs> but it's not the way it is for everybody. You know, it's, I'd say it's not the way it is for the majority. Yeah. You know, um, and, and then even then, if it's not even food, even if it's not this external weight gain that you can see that people are obviously struggling, because I feel like that's the unfortunate thing about weight and weight gain is that these folks who struggle with that really are wearing their struggles in front of everyone, right? There's mm -hmm. no way to, you have to physically remove yourself for someone not to see that versus people who are maybe they're spending too much or they right. have a sex or a porn addiction or they're a functioning alcoholic or they're hiding somewhere smoking somewhere right. a little hard to miss the smell but you know but we all have um or these thoughts right or people that we never think were um suicidal and that you hear about them have hurt themselves you know um yeah it, it's just there's so many places and facets to us humans what do you feel like would be a great antidote for a lot of people. I know you've probably worked as a nurse. You've seen patients and they're suffering. Like, is there a universal antidote to first people? What, what do you feel is the one thing that we should be looking to do as humans to really help each other? Um, I mean, for me, it, it, like I said, it's all coming down to my, my spiritual journey and my faith journey and going back to Jesus and saying, I can't do this on my own. Like you're going to have to help me every day and yeah. because you can't not eat, you know, and I don't care what people say. There's some doctors out there that say that food addiction is not real. Well, you walk through it and then tell me it's not real because it is real. And if you tell people that, that's one thing I would like people to know is like, stop telling people that food addiction isn't real because then you make the person feel worse because you're like, oh, wow, then there's something else wrong with me, you know? So that is my antidote now. It's like, even though I'm crying and stuff, like I'm still in a better spot mentally than I have, than I was when I was 184 pounds, because now I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay. Like God still loves me. And I've had to work on that too, because I didn't love myself mm -hmm. and I still struggle with loving myself and even liking myself. I don't like to look in the mirror. I don't even like to look at myself in the video, you know, like but God is the one that's like healing my heart and letting me like taking away my shame and my guilt from all of the eating disorders and everything that I've done by myself and giving me my hope and my joy back and saying like, you know, you're going to make it. God has a good plan for you and, and trusting that it is a process and it is a journey. It's not like a quick fix thing. Like 
healing from that kind of stuff is like, it's like the onion. You're peeling back the layers a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And God knows when it's time to do those kinds of, that kind of work in you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that is the antidote for me is mm -hmm. getting back to my faith and back to, to my, my uh, spiritual roots mm -hmm. um, and just hanging on to that one. I, it's not me, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can do it. I can force myself through it for a while, but a long lasting change and a deep inner healing change that mm -hmm. says, you know, I'm, I'm worth eating food that heals my body and makes me feel better so that, you know what, God has a better purpose for me than just sitting on my couch and benching on chips and chocolate. Like he wants mm -hmm. me out in the world, helping other people and loving on other people. Because if you can't love on other people, like you can't love yourself, you can't love on other people. And, and our world needs love right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you have to get to Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, absolutely. And I, I feel like faith is a driver for many people in their healing piece because there's um, no shame in it, right? Because right. in the Christian side of things, Christ embraced those who had the greatest imperfections, right? So right. he really despised those who did the judging and the putting the shame upon those who were struggling and suffering. And that's the beauty of that, you know, but what the echoing would be to someone who maybe doesn't have a Christian faith is it's love, it's worth, it's hope, you know, and finding that place in your heart and open yourself to whoever or whatever it may be that provides that for you, that undeniable, agape, unjudging, you are worthy in all places, no matter what you've done in your past, mm -hmm. love, right? Be it a food addiction or you've killed someone or you're thinking impure thoughts or whatever thoughts you're, you know, all these things. Um, right. it's, it really comes down to having someone, one, you love yourself and two, having someone to tell you you're worth it. And then I love you regardless. So, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like that's an, that's one thing too. I really like to echo back to patients is, um, giving them hope because that's the one thing there's like, I just lost hope. I'm like, well, let's look at where can we find hope? You know, the first yeah. easy step that's not too much is adding an apple more to your day or adding those fruits and vegetables. Cause I feel like it's a great start. Like you said, you had to just work on the food right then in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And maybe it led to those opportunities for you to say, wow, things are changing. But so I know you, um, said there was a little bit of relapse and I think we've all had what they call it the COVID 20 or 50 or whatever. <laughs> we all had our momentary, like insane two years, just trying to survive, you know, watching this chaos going on around us and not sure how it all pan out. We're still kind of struggling with it all, but what was the greatest um, things that you learned in the last two years about yourself or about others? And what advice could you give to that? Oh man, the greatest thing I've learned. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said before, like the greatest thing I learned is that I can't just focus on the food. Um, you have to think of yourself as a whole person and you have to, you have to do it all. You can't just do, you can't. And I'm good about doing that, like compartmentalizing and saying, let's do this right now. And I'll, and I'll go hundred, you know, miles an hour at it until I get there. And then I'm like, now what? And then that's what happened, I think, for me is like, I, I did, I was like super, um, from 2011 to 
well, it was 2013 when I went whole food plant-based and it was probably like good three, it was two and a half years for me to lose the uh, 235 pounds. And then after that, I just, what are you doing now? You know, like, and then my dog started getting older. So I just like started losing focus and slipping back into it. And then yeah, life stressors came along and I wasn't focused. Hmm. And I just, you, you don't think about it. And, you know, people think like that too. Like even back then when I gained the, the 500 pounds or when I was almost 500 pounds, like, how do you let yourself get that far? You know? And like, and I see it like all the time as a nurse, you know, people judging people, other patients that are, you know, six, 700 pounds. Like, how do you do that? How do you let yourself get that far? I'm like, well, I can tell you hmm. <laughs> and people are surprised because I'm not, you know, I'm not that big anymore, right. but like, you don't, you, it, you don't want to think about it. You, like, you avoid it. Like you, you don't want to be mindful. You avoid pictures, you avoid mirrors, you avoid looking at yourself and you just try to get clothes that fit, that cover the body. And then your comfort is what you're eating, which is like, even as a plant-based person, that's what I did, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, I think for me now, it's like trying to be more mindful, um, on a day-to-day basis, good, bad, or ugly, you know, whether I want to like laugh that day or cry that day, um, you have to learn how to, for me, this is, this is my journey. Like I have to learn how to sit with it and, and, um, be with those emotions. And I don't know, it's really weird for me because I've never done that my entire life. So, um, (laughs) uh, you got to reach out too and, and get your, your support. Um, and that's really hard really hard when you don't feel like you have any hope and you don't feel like anybody will understand and the way even though it's like more socially acceptable now I still feel like it's a lot of shame attached to it and uh it's it's just super hard but it's not impossible and um you, you just need to to reach out to somebody that you can trust to hold your hand and help you through it and even and just encourage you like I said the weekly meeting if you can meet with somebody and talk with somebody um even if you're not 100 percent, you know do a little bit more on like what tim says you know gotta do a little bit more today than i did yesterday mm-hmm. um, and by the grace of god you get another day to try it again and he'll help you a little bit better today than he did yesterday you know mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. and and you know i i wanted to just one of the things that as we were talking beforehand was understanding that your story and that you're you're going through the uncomfort and the struggle of sharing your story because I know you said you don't like to but you know it helps people so I really appreciate you doing that and I just really want others to take that to heart that you know it's just not all roses and that those roses have thorns and sometimes you get pricked and you have to like well back up from that a little bit and let's look at this again but we really appreciate you sharing that. And I think you have to, like, for me, I have to, like, because, you know, they always say, like, you have to find your why of, like, why you're doing it. And my why has changed several times, but, like, my why now is different compared to, like, when I first started. It was, you know, well, I wanted to live, so I guess it's a little bit the same. <laughs> like I just I said, that, that one little thing. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty suicidal back then. Like, I was, like, I have to change or I don't want to live anymore. Um, and now I feel like because of the profession that I'm in, seeing people so young coming in to the hospital at such a young, younger than me with heart attacks and strokes. And I'm like, I don't want that. 
I want to live independently, you know, especially now that I'm divorced, I'm single, like who's going to wipe my butt for me? You know what I mean? Like I got to do that myself. A nurse, only a nurse or a doctor would ever think about the end of life. Who's going to take care of my behind? Honestly, (laughs) we've had these same conversations in this house, but it's really funny that all it's going back to that. But yeah, hundred percent. You you don't want to suffer like the suffering and you know, you've been down both paths. Yeah. And um, it's, it's so hard for me being that way though, because I see that I see, I know, I know from a professional, like educational point, what the food does in the body and where it leads. And then I see it from a professional point, like people losing limbs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I still struggle with it. I still eat the chips and chocolate. I'm like, damn it. I eat chips and chocolate. Today. And I thought this morning when I got up, I wasn't going to do it. And, and you know what I mean? So it's like, even though I know it and I feel it, I believe it, you, I still struggle with it. Mm. So <laughs> it's um, better now than what it was before, because like I said, Jesus is my anchor and I can hold on and say, I can hang on to the anchor. I have mm-hmm. my, my tattoo on there, by the way. Oh, awesome. Well, let's see it. I, I didn't. Well, it's upside down. Oh, oh it's, it's a, a butterfly. So can you describe it for those who are just listening? And it has um, the chains because I have a lot of chains and uh, Jesus is my anchor and he's breaking my chains. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with all that, but (laughs) no, I, I, no, it just goes back to that. You, you have something that's definitely something that you can like you said anchor yourself to that's firm in your foundation right you're you know your foundation is strong and that you can turn to that as you go out and try to sell rough waters you're you know you have a tether back to something that will keep you on course and give you strength when need be so yeah um, and just being able to um like I said I don't know every day but some days myself and I know that the more, the more broken that I am, the more opportunity God has to heal it and uh, make me stronger for it. So. And know that we love you too. (laughs) So um, I think we always have uh, the most delightful conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. And because honestly being open and truthful and honest, like you have is just so endearing to me. And I'm just so honored um, when you or, friends or family or patients share um because that's rare opportunity that people will allow allow you to listen and um not a lot of people have people that they can go to and listen so thank you for for sharing sharing your story it's going to make a lot of difference for some people and i mean that's what i want like i want people to know that um it's you know life is hard for everybody so um but we don't have to do it alone if you need somebody to talk to anybody that's watching this if you need some support hit me up on messenger i'm on facebook denise norris rn um we can help each other i do marco polo too i think that's really helpful um I don't, do you know what that is i don't i just know what's up i'm like what is marco polo please it's share an <laughs> it's an app on your phone that um you can we can leave video messages for somebody oh. and that way you can watch it whenever you have time and then you, you can just do them back and forth and it i don't know it just makes it more personable and more yeah. you feel like you're there with the person i mean i video i marco polo people from all over you know america 
And it, I mean, if you mark a pole of me, you might get bedhead first thing in the morning. Like, I don't care. That's why I woke up this morning. I want chips and chocolate for breakfast. Jesus help me. <laughs> like, that's my struggle. I'll be, I'll be real with you. We can struggle together. <laughs> I totally get the peanut butter thing though, man. It, peanut butter is, it's a special, it should be its own food category. Yeah. It's yeah, totally get it. Totally get it. It's, it's so hard because like yeah. I struggle so much because it's like it's a whole food. Like, why can't right. I eat that? And and honestly, I feel like a lot of stuff I have to be abstinent on. And like I'm I mentally can't um I guess accept the fact that I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still struggling with it. I'm like, it's not fair. I should be able to peanut butter, but I can't help myself with it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that deprivation just sets up friction and it's really hard to turn away from friction every single day. And yeah, yeah I, I totally get it, especially when it tastes good. So, yeah. But especially yeah, struggling in other areas of your life. So, like, yeah, yeah. you really have to go to another comfort source besides food <laughs> yeah and and like you said and we just kind of skimmed over it like you said menopause really does change things and it's funny because um you know I'm I'll be 52 at the, like at two weeks from today actually and I I'm like well I don't know where that happened now that happened yeah right just, I'm like well that life just went by really fast <laughs> and, you know there's a little there's a little mortality thing bell that goes off in your head going wow I really i wow. Um, but I'm, I'm perimenopausal. Like things are like skipping and, you know, I'm going to give TMI. So y'all just turn it off. You don't want to listen, but you know, there's like these things happening, but the food is different. Like I can't eat as much as I did before and not feel like it's, it is different, even though I'm as active and doing it is different. And people say, Oh, it's not the hormones. I, you know, don't say that (laughs) things are different you're the, everything's changing. You're dealing with body changes, mental changes. The fatigue for me was so hard, oh. so bad, like so much fatigue. And then the depression on top of it, because like I said, yeah. and divorce on top of that, like uh, yeah, yeah. it's just like a triple whammy. And yeah, oh, before God. I knew it, I came back 60 pounds. I'm like, well, crap, now I can't fit in my stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Darn stretchy pants. <laughs> oh, no. uh, see, that's not that's because I'm not being mindful. I should not do stretchy pants. <laughs> I think I think you know it'd be interesting to do some uh, consumer research and see what was the rate of stretchy pants like waistbands, you know, people buying this like these. Hey, I'm yeah. gonna be isolated, I'm gonna be comfortable. I will tell you, I live in I live in like the theory, like these little stretchy pants, and my daughter she goes, Oh, I need some of those. So now it's like spreading. <laughs> <laughs> to the family friends and like those are kind of like they're very comfortable so um, yeah yeah be careful don't get too yeah. comfortable <laughs> watch those con stretchy pants no that's that's <laughs> fun but no you're you're exactly right but yeah does i just i really want people to understand that you know that menopause piece can be a, a trigger for a lot of this as well and then you had and you were a nurse in covid hi um i can't even imagine all of that so you're you're yeah. a much stronger person than many people I know, including myself. So I'm applaud everything you've done and you're coming out on the other side stronger and sharing your story. So that's amazing. I feel like I'm climbing, crawling, Uh, falling out the other side, but I'm coming out the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, this is great. So thank you again, Denise. And is there any final words of advice or anything you'd like to share? Um, 
No, you can't think of anything. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again. And thanks everyone for listening. And just a, a quick a reminder that um, check out mora.com, M-O-R-A.com. It's on the little website. And then check out Denise on Marco Polo. <laughs> Denise Norris are in also on Facebook. I think, did you have Instagram as well, right? Yeah. 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 I'm not very active on Instagram and I do have like a YouTube, um, as well too, that ah. have like my prior, um, videos and interviews awesome. and podcasts and stuff. So there's a playlist on there that you can, I think it's right on my Facebook page actually. So, okay. I and that was myself to motivate myself to get back to where I was. So I find it helpful. Hopefully you guys will. So inter interact with her and for sure. And just, you know, creating that community is so peace. That's it's such a piece of success in every facet of life I, I tell you mm -hmm. I can't I can't stress that enough but oh, it's yeah. a it's, it's us helping each other as humans to be mm -hmm. better so do better work harder um thanks everyone again for listening and uh thanks again Denise for sharing your story and I'm sure you're going to change a lot of people here thank you for letting me share thanks for watching and I hope you enjoyed that video before you go though please hit the subscribe and alert buttons so you don't miss out on any of the amazing content we're working so hard to provide you. We upload a new episode of Health & Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus every Friday. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start and sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. Because at Mora, we actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives free of metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website at mora.com. And thanks again for watching.